Hi, and welcome to another stay-at-home edition of the LJPC Conversations Podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Cunningham. Once again, I'm at home, and I have on the podcast your favorite pastor and mine, Paul Cunningham. Hello, everybody. (laughs) Hi. Thanks for doing this. Absolutely. So let's start with a little family update. How's the family doing? Well, maybe I should let you answer that question. Uh, Cunninghams are doing well. I think most of you know that Morgan graduated in May, although it was uh, she was there, but not in person in online graduation. So that was um, weird and different. But uh, she came home the end of May. Micah and I flew up there, and the three of us drove all of her stuff back to San Diego. And the big news for her is that she was just hired last week as the high school director at Solana Beach Presbyterian Church. So she actually has a full-time job, which is amazing and wonderful because I was the dad who thought, what is a person going to do with a theology degree? (laughs) And all of a sudden she's got a full-time job. So we're really excited for her and Solana Beach Press, as many of you know, is a great, great church. Mike McClanahan and his wife, Amy, are really good friends of ours. So we're excited for her. Uh, to be at a place where she'll be mentored and encouraged and have a chance to uh, do student ministry, which she has loved to do. Yeah, and please pray for her because this is definitely a challenging time to start a new job. Yes. And especially a ministry job where it's all about connections. And so she's going to have to try to figure out how to get to know people and run a ministry Yes. Uh, through Zoom. <laughs> yeah, and youth ministry, as you all may know, is just it's kind of a strange thing right now because kids are so social and um, they've been on Zoom all school year and now it's they're trying to do youth ministry on Zoom and I think it's just a hard, uh, it's a struggle. I mean, we our own youth folks at our church are struggling with that. Mm-hmm. Of how do you how do you reach and connect with kids when um, they're just tired of being on social media and tired tired of being on Zoom calls? So. Uh, and then our son Mike is a high school intern with Sunhouse, which is great. He was a middle school intern last summer, and then this year is working with our high school kids. So we're excited to have all of them um, under our house I, most of the time, I think. Um, <laughs> we had kind of just started to figure out what empty nesting looks like when COVID hit, and all of a sudden we went from uh, no kids under the roof to two kids under the roof. So um, I think it's, but it's been good. We're excited to have them home and excited that they're both staying busy. Right. And, and you, of course, are very busy, too. Well, and same prayers for Micah, because he's doing the same thing as Morgan, trying to figure out how to connect with high school kids uh, via Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> and social distancing. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so I've been busy. I think I mentioned on the last podcast that I have a business called Pixie Tiles, and uh, some of you know that, some of you don't. And I make handmade tiles, and I ship them, I sell them online, and I ship them all over the world. And people ask all the time, who buys handmade tiles and what do they do with them? And I don't really know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, People make backsplashes and they do their showers and they make stepping stones and mosaic artists buy them and use them in their art. And, um, you know, any number of things that people do with the tiles. Um, I'm not 100% sure all of the projects, but I know about some of them. And... Uh, so what happens is what happened is that uh, as soon as shelter in place hit, my business kind of blew up and in a good way. Blew in, up. A, in, a, <laughs> in a good way, uh, and I doubled my doubled and even more. Maybe my sales went up a hundred and fifty percent, maybe. 
And so I've been busy in the studio working on making tiles and I love being in my studio. So that's been great. And, uh, it's been a little overwhelming, but I think I finally have a new system in place and I have control of, of my business again, which is good. And so I've been able to have a little downtime. Oh, it's good. Yeah. And so what about you, Paul? I guess we're about to talk about you. Yeah. I was just going to let you talk about yourself. Ah, But let's first start with, um, the last time we recorded it was April. So (laughs) what has changed since April? Oh, wow. Um, (laughs) yeah. What's changed and what hasn't, um, you know, I think one of the major things that's changed in terms of at least of, of staff is we actually now have our office open. I think most of you probably are aware of that. We're not allowing visitors into the offices, but at least the people who do want to come in can work. So that's um, that's been good. And I think a lot of, and, and probably true for a lot of work, but a lot of ministry is really collaboration. And um, collaborating on Zoom is is difficult because you can't play off of the energy of other people. And, and so I think it's good. We're, uh, you know, we're social distancing, we're wearing our masks. We've had a few staff meetings outdoors, um, which is a good thing just to kind of see each other's faces and start to think about what it looks like to actually have uh, people on our campus. Um, I, I think, you know, what, what hasn't changed is there's still so much uncertainty. And I think, I don't even remember when we recorded in April, and I can't tell you, <laughs> I have a hard time, which many of you all probably do too, of keeping mm-hmm. track of days and weeks and months, and it all kind of just has, has blended together. But I think it's, you know, my struggle has continued to be uh, the phrase that I shared a couple of years ago, that life's not a problem to be solved, but a mystery to be lived. And I think that uh, we're all trying to solve problems and trying to figure out what church is going to look like. And I think that that's one of the things we're talking through is, um, you know, we have moved so much to digital, to being a digital campus at this point, and not as many physical expressions of what church, you know, what we expect from church. And I'm not sure how much that's going to change in the, the short term and even the long term. I think people have gotten very used to uh, you know, online worship, but we long to be together. So I think we're we're trying to figure out what does that look like? How do we a church that uh, nurtures and cares for people di- in a digital context, but then also creates places and spaces for, for community to happen in person? Yeah, well, and I know some people have been asking you the million-dollar question, <laughs> when are we going to be worshiping back on campus? Oh, and, gosh. Um, and you have some thoughts on that. So why don't you share why you and the staff in the session have decided to hold off on meeting in person? Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts that seem to change day by day on yeah. that. Um, so we do have a reopening team, which I alluded to in a sermon four or five weeks ago or three or four weeks ago, that really their purpose is to think through how best to come back to campus. And there's you know, there's a lot of things that, that play into that and... Um, some of you may have seen that Gavin Newsom a couple of days ago now actually said that there can be no congregational singing uh, in a building. And so, you know, that changes. Not that anyone thought they were going to come back and sing, but he has made that very clear now that that is not to happen. So we have decided for the time being to focus on, at least on saying if we are going to gather, it's going to be outside. It'll probably be on the courtyard in some way, shape or form and uh, put off meeting in the sanctuary or even in the fellowship hall at this point, just because the enclosed environments seem to be uh, the worst place that that people can be and aerosols being spread. 
So I know there are people who, uh, it's interesting, I get emails saying, when can we come back? And I get emails saying, thank you for not having us come mm-hmm. back. And so I think it's, uh, and I'm certainly not alone on that. So I think that that's, uh, that's where we are today. The reopening team is meeting this week. So who knows? Um, I went to the last meeting two weeks ago thinking we were going to talk about opening up the sanctuary and, and no one seemed to want to do that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think there are some possibilities of being outdoors um, on our courtyard in smaller groups. And uh, and the interesting thing is my friends who are who are going back to church and opening up their sanctuary or even doing stuff outdoors are only seeing about 10 or 15 percent of their uh, worshiping con- congregation come back. Right. So I think it's a lot of we're trying to figure out how much work and time and effort do we put into creating something on a Sunday morning when we're already spending a lot of time and energy to create a digital uh, platform on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. So um but I think we do want to meet. I mean, I think that's not, I hope people don't feel that we're saying, hey, we don't want to get together and uh, we don't want to see people because I think that a lot of what people long for is just being social and seeing each other. Right. Um, but the hard thing with COVID is you have to stand six feet away and wear a mask. Right. So it's it's hard to see see one another. So. Well, and it sounds like you are in a no-win situation, <laughs> Paul Cunningham. <laughs> yeah, I can't how, how I can't solve the problem. That? I can't like, solve the you problem. You like to solve the problem. It's yeah, it's uh it's hard. I mean, it yeah. really is. It's been a struggle of trying and, and and as many of you know this week also California's or San Diego's probably going on the uh, watch list or they're already actually on the watch list. Um and in 3 or 4 days we could see restaurants being shut back down again. And I don't know what that means for church either. So, um, you know, it's day by day and trying to trust God in the midst of, of all of that. Right, right. Well, it does seem like there's no end in sight sometimes. <laughs> uh, so is there anything you want the congregation to know besides what you've just shared? I think I was uh, thinking about this and I, I think there is this idea of perseverance and I was remembering probably four or five weeks ago, I was recording a sermon at home. And we record in, in the main part of our house that looks out on our front deck where the mail gets dropped off. And I was probably eight minutes into my sermon, and I saw the pest control guy walk up our steps. Literally, I could see him out the window. I could, he could see me, and I was preaching. And he <laughs> literally looks at me, walks up to the front door, and rings the doorbell. And I took my Bible and literally threw it on the table and said, You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> And I, I was like, what are the chances of me recording a sermon here and all of a sudden, um, you know, the guy walks up to our front door, rings the doorbell, and then he just stood there and stared at me until I got up and, and answered the door. And I thought, this is actually a really good analogy of what COVID has done to us because it's one big interruption. Right. I mean, it really is. Like, we're trying to live our own lives, do our own thing. And all of a sudden, you know, the doorbell's ringing with the pest control guy. All of, only it's COVID. And, you know, I, I could have just gotten angry and frustrated, which I did momentarily and was not very pastor-like. But, <laughs> um, but then I sat back down again and started my sermon all over and, and just persevered. And I think for our people and for La Jolla Press friends and family, uh, that, that's what I want to say. I want to say we got to keep going. Uh, you know, we, our lives have been interrupted and it's not always fun. And I, I, I think most of us get angry at times. And, but I think we have to keep persevering and, and keep going on. And so that would be my word of just, you know, imagine me in one of those sermons trying to preach and the doorbell ringing and me being completely interrupted. And I think that's how we all feel. 
and then we've got to keep going. I think that's a good word and to have that perspective because when you think about how old our church is, how how many years has our church? Yeah, 1905. Yeah, this is year 115. Okay, so in the last 115 years, how many things have have happened in our world? Yeah. Our church has gone through let's Spanish start flu. Spanish flu, wars, wars, depression, yeah, civil rights movement, recession. Civil rights. Yeah. When you think all of the things our church has gone through, and guess what? We're still standing, people. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I think, I think we, we, you know, we we deal with the interruption, but we keep persevering. Right. So that's that's probably the, I mean, I, I'm sure I could come up with a hundred other things. You all get to hear those on a regular basis, but that's what I'm thinking today. Well, and, and someday this will be history. It may be yes. recent history, <laughs> but it will be history. Yeah. All right. Um, okay, so how is the staff holding up? I think the staff's doing okay. I, I think everyone who has a staff or a, a team of people, you know, you have your up days and your down days. But I think, you know, we have an amazing team that has come together really well. And we're trying to uh, not necessarily keep people busy, but just help us help people to rethink what they what they can be doing. Because so much of our church is really based around uh, community and, and people and so, you know, I have Erica working on some projects now that are much more in the area of, of mission than actually in community life. But I think they kind of go together. So I think the staff has been uh, been doing well. We, you know, we, we meet, we have an all-staff meeting pretty much every week. And all of the summer, it's a little bit hit and miss because of different things going on. But I think the staff is doing well. I think many of them are glad to get back in the office mm-hmm. and, and see each other and be able to just walk down the hallway instead of trying to catch someone on a cell phone or on Zoom. Well, and we have Susie that's still trying to forge forward yes. with VBS. Yeah, this we've got week. a great plan for Vacation Bible School, so we'll hopefully we'll see how that goes. I mean, it's part of the mystery of you know what does that look like, and how do we do ministry in 2020, and and be safe, and but also try and meet the needs of people. So, mm-hmm. well, and you've talked a little bit about this, but you want to share more of how you're holding up. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that all depends on the day. Uh, I was laughing last week. I preached on lament, and I swear I was in lament for three days after <laughs> preaching on lament. And I think that that's, I don't want to live in denial, but sometimes for me it's easier to just not fully recognize and engage with all the uh, the stress that's going on, the stuff that's going on. Um, but a lot of the stuff I realize are really first world problems that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I love to travel. I love to go do study leave. I love to just get away and get on a plane and, and, and go do something. And, you know, you just can't do that. Right. So it's, uh, it's hard, but I've got a great wife. So thank you for tolerating me and, <laughs> and putting up with me. I've got uh, great elders who are super encouraging. Someone asked me the other day, how are your elders doing? And with all this, and I said, you know, I have a great group of elders. They encourage, mm-hmm. they stand by, they ask good questions and so that's really helpful in knowing that that I have a team that uh, that is with me and and we're all in this together and and the staff as well. So I think I think on most days I'm holding up pretty well. Mm-hmm. I think to be honest, there's days where you know I'm just not, and I think I'm I don't know maybe not everyone feels that way, but there's just days when I'm mm-hmm. you know kind of bummed out that this is the world we're in and we're trying to figure it all out. So. Well, I think that's worldwide yes what people are feeling and we were talking yesterday about this covid fog mm-hmm. that people are in and and i think that when it started i thought that covid fog would lift <laughs> and then we were just talking yesterday about how 
I express that every morning when I wake up, I feel a little disoriented at first. I think, what's today? What do I have to do today? Yeah. Like it takes me a minute for my brain to kind of come back to reality. It's kind of, it's a weird thing that I, I haven't experienced before. Yeah. And I'm tired sometimes too. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it can be two o'clock in the afternoon and I'm tired, mm-hmm. but, um, I think it's just a lot of us trying to keep our minds moving and thinking through what are all the options. And there's just, unfortunately a lot of options right, right now. Right. So. Yeah, definitely. Well, and you're a problem solver. You like to figure things out, and this one you can't figure I out. I know. Guy. So that's been that's God's <laughs> definitely teaching me that. So I don't know if that. I guess I didn't didn't put that in my uh, how I'm holding up. But God is God is doing some work in me too mm-hmm. of just realizing that I I can't control everything and I can only uh, you know make plans for one day at a time, which is right. hard for me because right. I it's hard to make a plan and then two days later realize that that plan's gone and you got to come up with something else. Yeah. Well, we can all come out of this better if we let God and the Holy Spirit move. That's very true. Mm-hmm. So, uh, to more practical things. <laughs> That's how... my, my How I'm doing is not practical. Well, <laughs> that may be. It's practical that to me. That may not be as tangible to Practical others. for our family. <laughs> uh, but uh, how are things financially at the church? What's going on with that? Well, you all know that I'm a finance major, so that... That's why I asked you this for, question. For good or for bad is one of the ways I determine how healthy our church is doing. And that's probably not the best way to do that. But, probably not. Um, <laughs> it is what it is. So uh, we we did not do as well in the, in the fiscal year in terms of income as we had planned. But we had a feeling that that was going to happen. And so, as you know, we basically reduced our expenses a, a ton after shelter in place went uh, into place. So we don't have the final numbers yet, but my guess is that we will, will at least break even um, in terms of finances, even though we were down uh, over $100,000 probably in our giving, uh, which is part of what we did when we reduced our uh, budget for the next six months in terms of income. One of the things that really helped out, though, and some of you are aware of this, we did get the payroll protection program, uh, which uh, we received in April, and that has really helped us in terms of keeping our staff paid, of keeping our staff able to be employed. And, and so I'm really grateful for that. I mean, I know sometimes people uh, question government stuff or taxes or whatever. I don't even know where all that money came from. But uh, as the head of staff, I'm really grateful because people were able to stay employed. Uh, it was a nice uh, income, you know, a nice positioning of cash for mm-hmm. us in terms of being able to pay people and not be stressed about if we don't make our budget, what that's what's that going to do and what that is going to look like? So I think financially we're in a good spot. I think I'm a little concerned, uh, not just around finances, but really just around staffing positions of things we chose not to hire. Um, as we you know, move into this new fiscal year, which started July 1st, um, you know, we're not rehiring Ron Bowles' position. A lot of that has to do just with COVID and singing and, you know, we can't have any concerts. We can't have any uh, people singing. We can't, a lot of stuff that Ron did. It's just not anything to do at this point. So, you know, we put that on the back burner. We'll rehire that. And then as well as technical director, you know, a lot of what we're doing, Jim Cedric does an amazing job, but he's pretty much a one man show in terms of putting all Mm -hmm. this together. And so I think, um, as I talked a little bit of help, yes, we're getting some help. And, and as I talked about this whole digital platform, I mean, people are really, uh, I think enjoying the online worship experience. And so I think that that's, you know, we're going to have to address that at some point. But for the short term, I think we're fine. I think you know, folks continue to give, which is amazing. And um, so I, I feel good about all that. Mm-hmm. Do you have any concerns, not just about financial, but anything else? I think on? one of the 
I, I wonder who will come back and win for worship because mm-hmm. I think that that's, you know, a lot of, even when we did that survey and some of you are where we did the survey of when would you come back and how quickly would you come back? And, and basically the survey, I mean, to make it very simple, half the people said, we'll come back as soon as possible or very soon. And the other half said, uh, we're not coming back for a while or perhaps for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, how do you do church when half of your people aren't showing up? Um, because that's so often what we think about is it's gathering on Sunday morning, which we know church is, is bigger than that. So I'm trying to figure out what that's going to look like and how we can have a digital platform, but also create spaces for people to to be together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, crisis accelerates both for good and for bad. And I think that that's one of the things I'm seeing of crisis is, you know, people who are struggling in their marriages or struggling with mental health issues when there's crisis, it just accelerates. Um, We see this in the malls. I mean, you look at the mall, uh, you know, the malls are already having problems. The crisis, the COVID comes along and now malls are, you know, being questioned how many are even going to survive. And so I I think out of every crisis, you've got to look for the good. Mm -hmm. And so I'm hoping that, you know, something good will come out of this. I have a concern that worship attendance, not just at our church, but as a national average was decreasing. And I do worry Mm -hmm. of, Will the crisis accelerate that too? Is that going to look different? Um, but then I think there's also the positive side. I mean, I've looked at our numbers on Vimeo, which is one of the online platforms we have, and Facebook. And I know you can't believe all the numbers, but if you were to if you were to follow those numbers, I think we're reaching more people online than we were before this happened, mm-hmm. and or reaching more people. Period, not just online um, than before it happened. We're getting six or seven hundred views a week on Vimeo, um, and that oftentimes is more than one person watching. And some of those people aren't watching the whole time. I recognize that, but I think I, I've turned this concern into a positive. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that you know, crisis can bring about opportunities. So I think that that my concern is I don't focus so much on just the negativity, but I look for the opportunity. I guess that's how I might answer that. Yeah. My hope is, you know, that people just by our nature were in need of community, were drawn to each other. So my hope is that um, once churches open, once this is over, that the the buildings will not be able to contain the people. <laughs> uh, that would be great. <laughs> and it may be different. I mean, we may not focus just on Sunday mornings. I think the church has often made that mistake that it's just about Sunday morning right. numbers. But what other things can we be doing? Not a bad time to rethink the church. That's very true. Mm-hmm. I'll add that to my list of things to do. Right, (laughs) right. So I have noticed that you've had a little chance to read some. Yeah. Which has been nice to see you relaxing here and there and and even reading not just for work, but for enjoyment. Yeah. So you want to share a couple of things you've been reading? Uh, So I actually read a novel last weekend, which was amazing. I'm a big (laughs) fan of reading fiction, and I've done a terrible job of that probably pretty much all of 2020 Uh, but someone recommended the author Louise Penny to me and she writes um, kind of these mystery novels with the investigator up in Canada and so I read the first one which was still life and it was great I mean I plowed through it I know you were amazed I read it in one day so yeah that was amazing (laughs) that tells you that tells you also I had a little spare time which Mm -hmm. was great so uh, I so anyway I've been enjoying reading that and or enjoyed reading that and probably get the second one here to start reading again. And I've, I'm in the middle of uh, Brian Stevenson's Just Mercy, mm-hmm. which uh, many of you have probably seen the movie. And it's the, the movie's based on the book that Brian wrote. And uh, just a lot of stuff around, I mean, his own story of racism and 
his passion to free people from death row mm-hmm. and, and other places where um, race and class really uh, work against you. And so that's been, it's, it's disturbing to read, but it's good. And, you know, I just, I'm continually trying to not just read, but think through um, what do we do about the issue of racism and how do we make this world um, and particularly our country and our city a better place. Mm-hmm. So those, right. that's, those are a couple things mm-hmm. I'm reading. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and also we just watched Hamilton. Yeah. I forgot that. Yeah. yeah. I didn't read that, but we watched we that, yeah. which was great. That was really great. Good. And maybe in a future sermon, you may be pulling a few quotes from there. Well, don't tell people cause okay. that's happening. You, you may not. That's already happening this Sunday. Oh, that's happening this Sunday. A little sneak peek. A little sneak preview. Don't be surprised if Hamilton makes its way in. Yeah. Paul's pulling some Hamilton. I like it. So where are you seeing Christ right now? Um, I see, I think I'm seeing how other people are figuring out what does it look like to live a life of discipleship. I was, one of our church members, he was on the Zoom call with us a couple weeks ago, and um, he was talking about how he just wanted to get to know people who are not from the United States, and uh, either folks who have immigrated or found asylum here. And so someone said, hey, you should contact Walter Lamb down at Alliance for African Assistance. And sure enough, he did. And uh, he actually wrote me, he actually talked about it and he wrote me a note about it. Uh, He met two folks from Afghanistan, had lunch with them and they went out and just hung out and talked and got to know each other. And and I thought, you know, this is great because Mm -hmm. this is, this would not have probably happened on just a Sunday morning experience. But, um, you know, he's looking for ways to figure out how do I engage in the community and society uh, where I live. So I I think that, that was, that's super encouraging. I think, uh, you know, people are wrestling with what does it look like to follow Jesus in in the midst of a crisis, and we see that not just in a health crisis, but um, also just the issues confronting our own country. And how do we um, celebrate who we are as a nation, but also look for ways that we can be better? Because I think that that's you know that's that's one of the things that's really important to me is, is saying we can always be learning. We should be lifelong learners. And so I'm you know I'm watching people wrestle with that and think through their own lives, and I'm doing that as well. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things which I alluded to with Erica, and you'll be y'all will be hearing about this in the next couple of weeks, is just figuring out ways that we can actually live into our mission in the midst of COVID, and um, kind of engaging our mission partners of the work that they're doing, but also how can we come alongside them and, and work together, and what can we learn mm-hmm. together. So I think that that's um, I, I see Jesus moving in all of that. And, you know, I just think you and I are blessed. I mean, we, we see Jesus in our family. We see our right. kids working and loving what they do mm-hmm. and being passionate about student ministry. And um, as you and I, you know, who came out of student ministry, it's it's so great to see your kids right. passionate about the things you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, we're wrapping it up. We are. Wow. Is there anything else that you want to add? I, I just want to thank everyone for uh, watching us, for your comments, for your emails. I apologize. I don't get back to everyone on email. Um, that's my bad. It just is a little overwhelming sometimes. Right. Uh, but thanks for being a part of the family and thanks mm-hmm. for caring and thanks for watching and letting me know that you're watching. Right. And I, and I want you to know that every night I pray the blood of Christ over you, um, over our family, over our extended family, over our church family, yeah. over our friends, over our community. It's something we do believe in so much, the power of prayer. And um, the only one that can transform this completely and totally inside of us and outside in this physical world is God. 
Absolutely. And so we are praying for you. We do love you and we do miss you. Absolutely. We miss you, church. Definitely. All right. Thank you, Paul, for joining me on this special home version of the LJPC Conversations I don't think it's so special anymore. I feel like we've done this a few times now. (laughs) You're not supposed to interrupt (laughs) my ending, Paul. Did you have more you wanted to say? No, I'm done. I'm done. (laughs) I didn't preach today, so I've got extra words. Well, thank you, and thank you to everyone for listening. Please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. This podcast has been produced by me, Shannon Cunningham, and apparently Paul Cunningham, and our wonderful director of communications, Jim Cedric.